0: Well, after last night, <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> you can't outdo God, so I ain't going to even try. I do have something that, that I just want to share. We're just going to do a little bit of reading for a few minutes, and I just have a couple of comments, and then we'll uh, let you guys share, amen, what God has done this week, weekend for you if you want to. If you turn to Deuteronomy 6, we'll probably do about 15 minutes of reading, if y'all don't mind. alright Verses 4 and 5 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Let's get Matthew 22. Matthew 22, verse number 35. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him, saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law of the prophets. Everything that the prophets wrote about, spoke about, prophesied about hinges on this one commandment. Paul said if we don't have the love, it doesn't matter in the end. If the love for God is not there... And then secondly the love for our neighbor as ourself. And I do want to point out that Matthew I don't know why but he chose to left out the fact that hero Israel the Lord thy God is one Lord. He didn't write that in his take of it. We'll go to Mark and Luke also. But Matthew left the first part of it out. And the Bible says I believe it's in James you believe that there's one God. And he says don't get a big head because you believe that there's one God because the devils believe there's one God but there's something that the devil doesn't have is the second part of that he can't love God and that's the power that we have to love God alright let's get Mark chapter 12 Mark 12 we're going to read verse 28 and one of the scribes came having heard them reasoning, (coughs) reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment and the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. The scribe said unto him, well, master, thou hast said the truth. For there is one God and there is none other but he and to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the soul and with all the strength. And to love his neighbor as himself is more than all whole burnt uh, offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, he said unto him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. And no man after that does ask him any question. Jesus had a way of shutting the crowd up. Shutting the mouth of the gainsayer. But he tells the scribe, you're not far from the kingdom of God. Now, this is totally opposite of what he had been telling the scribes and the Pharisees. Because he had been telling them, you keep all these commandments and you pay your tithe, but the matters of the heart are far from me. You just don't love me. You love the program I set up. You love the ordinances that I set up. You love the tabernacle, but you don't love the God of the tabernacle. And it's time for the church to go from being at Bethel and start serving El Bethel. See, when Jacob wrestled with the angel, he went from Bethel to El Bethel, from the house of God to the God of the house. And God wants us to get to the place to where the setting that we're in, God designed his church to be this way where we can get together and worship one another and feel each other's sorrows and pains and the things that we're suffering and going through and pray for one another, amen. And, and then we have our also, also our personal time with the Lord, but he is to be the focus. He says all of the burnt offerings and sacrifices don't amount to anything if you don't love God. Here, I want to point out that Mark brings in the word Understanding. Deuteronomy didn't bring that word out. Neither did Matthew. But Mark brings in the word that you are to love him with all your understanding. Amen. We want to get an understanding of what God has done for us. Paul said this thing was not done in a corner. So the church is not to be ignorant of the things of God. Not only that, but he says we're not ignorant of the devil's devices. Amen. It's time for us to sense when the enemy comes in and what he's trying to do, amen, and not just stand there and look dumbfounded until the whole thing has blown up. Amen. But but God is able to, to give us discernment, Amen, for one another. All right, next, let's get Luke. Luke picks it up. Luke ten and twenty five, he picks it up. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answering said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind. And thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, thou hast answered right. This do, and you will live not live in the physical realm but to live spiritually remember he told the scribe you're not far from the kingdom of God the kingdom of God is where we live for eternity in the spirit realm all right? Now he, now all of these verses bring in these four things the mind, the soul, the strength and the heart a lot of times these things within us are conflicting one another and they don't line up perfectly with the will of God we talked about confusion last night, amen, and the Bible says that when we trust in the true God, we will never be confounded, amen, I there's no confusion in your mind as to not only who God is, but what God has called you to do, where he wants to direct you in life, and everybody in here has a different calling, amen, we, we wouldn't be the church of God if we all had the same exact calling. One thing that that, that awed me last night was was the number of gifts I sensed in this place. That God has gifted so many. Amen. All right, next. We're going to go to a scripture we had last night, Revelation 2. And Jesus said, if you love me, then you will keep my commandments. And he also said that if you love God, you are known of God. Amen. And you're known of me because I and my father are one. Nevertheless, verse number four, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast what? Left thy first love. We still profess the oneness of God. And it's no big feat to profess one, the one, one God because the three largest religions all profess oneness. But we've got to go beyond that we got to take the next step. We, we can't camp on the other side of the river. We just can't say, oh, he brought me out of Egypt. I'm just going to sit here by the, by the banks of the river and be blessed. No, no, no. To be blessed, you've you, you got to go. I thought about Abraham and just thinking about my life and things when God tells you you need to change whether it be friendships, relationships, because relationships should not have to be the same for life. I mean, you got to know who God is bringing in, taking out, who stays, who goes. You'll be messed up hanging on the folk that God is trying to rip away from you. Because he placed them there for a season. He may have placed them there to speak a word in your life. He may have placed them there for you to speak a word in their life. And in there to take that and share it with somebody else, and you may never see them. The Ethiopian eunuch never saw Philip again, and he was pleased with that. Been there. You fight with, fun. oh, I going to hold on. And we hold on to expectations, it, especially with our parents. We fight for our whole life to, to earn the love that they never gave us. And it becomes very frustrating But when you get to the place where you're able to let it go and then you're able to let every man be a lie and then allow God, permit God, give him access. I worked at the banks for many years and a lot of doors, you you had to have access. If you had access, they had your fingerprints, your criminal record, if you had one, they had all that stuff on file. So they knew who was going in what door at what time. And you got to give God that access to know him, to to study him, and to prove him, and let him prove himself to you on who he is. All right, so he says, you left your first love. You had the profession, but you didn't have the possession. Because thou hast left thy first love, remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do thy first works. Now, your first works... He's not saying go back to the altar and tear for the Holy Ghost again. He's not saying let's break the waters of baptism again. He's saying let's fall back in love with Jesus. We used to tell folk about him. We used to tell folk what he was doing for you. Fall back in love with Jesus. Or else I will come unto thee, not slowly but quickly, so the the matter is urgent now we know that he's given himself the name of jesus and that name is above every name but in the old testament he said that my name is jealous and then he said that's my name forever so if his name was jealous forever then his jealousy didn't stop when he got to to, to the name of jesus Now he's telling you, I am jealous over my salvation for you. In other words, don't look for somebody else to be your salvation, to pull you out of the muck and the mire that you're in. Jesus Christ is the mediator between God and man. Not the ministry, not the choir, not the song leader, not the bishop, not the diocesan. They're not the mediator. And Christianity has placed men in the place of God. If you don't hurry up and repent and put me back in my rightful place, because I'm Lord of lords and king of kings. Now, what does that mean? He's Lord. That means that he rules in my heart, in my life. I mean, he has the first and the last word in everything that I say and do. But we allow that word to be affected by so many other circumstances, and we start to doubt. Well, maybe God didn't really mean that. Maybe he really didn't say that to me. I think that here this weekend, God has told a lot of us what needs to be done with various situations that we struggle with. A lot of situations that we caused on our own. Sometimes the devil sits back and go, why are you blaming me? I, wasn't, I didn't even do nothing. I wanted to do something, but I, I, I didn't have to. You made a mess of it yourself. I just sat back and laughed at you. The devil says sometimes. Sometimes we're a false accuser of Satan. <laughs> we lie on the devil. <laughs> oh, my. I think that in the society we lived in and... and My generation, a lot of y'all my my age in here, we've been ridiculed in the church because we one day just said a three-letter word. Why? And we got labeled as rebellious, hard-headed, unspiritual, because we asked why. But the more we asked why, the more answer we received, we don't know. Do you mean you don't know? The Bible says, "Beware lest any man spoil you." That word "spoil" is the same thing as "marred." Spoil you through philosophy and vain deceits, after the tradition of men. Peter said, "You are not redeemed with corruptible things received, or your vain conversation, or the vain lifestyle." that you receive from the tradition of your fathers. So there's a lot of traditions that were taught in church, and they place salvation and redemption on it. He said, those things don't redeem you. You got to get back to the basics. It was the blood, plain and simple. Then you got to realize, I mean, which group is right? I mean, one group says I got to wear stockings. The next group says I have to wear the doily. The next group says I can't have my toes out. Who's right? And all of them place salvation on it. You don't wear this, that means your prayer's not answered. So in most of our black churches, y'all, y'all women might as well stop praying. Because the other groups, do you, uh, they say you, God's not hearing your prayer because your hair's not covered. You know, we go to their church and we, tr- we try to fellowship. We say we serve the same God. But then they're looking down at your legs. Toes. We've we got to get back to the first love. The first love. And I'm not saying they're not some good traditions. And I believe in modesty and, you know. But we've we got to put God in his rightful place. And we have to tear down that wall of idolatry that we set up in the church. Traditions of men and after rudiments of the world and not after Christ. Now, the word antichrist doesn't mean the opposite of Christ. The word antichrist, or if you ever know the the word antidote, it is a substitution of. So to be spirit of antichrist, you don't have to say, oh, Jesus is not Christ. All you have to do is, like I said, take his name in in vain. (laughs) Don't believe his word. And you replace what he's supposed to be in your life with something else that's the spirit of Antichrist. Yeah, very basic. Yeah, except I repent. All right, First Corinthians 2. I think we're going to put together a Saturday session for love. Uh, hopefully we'll do that soon. I, I want to do a series on the ministry of the spirit. And, and just go down and... and what the Spirit does for us, because it's more than speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues is the initial sign of the Holy Ghost, but after that, there are some other things that transpire, and the Holy Ghost is able to teach you, Amen. And we want to—I want to deal with that. Uh, verse number nine. We're going to read quite a bit of this chapter here. But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them that what. Love him. If you want to see the miraculous of God in your life, and I'm not talking about spoofy, weird stuff, I'm talking about just the basic things that tend to the needs of your spirit. If you want to see God working the miraculous, you have to start with the love. But God hath revealed them unto us, and here's the ministry of the Spirit by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things. Yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might, what? Know things that are, what? Freely given, Remember I talked about liberties of God? Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teaches. How many want to be taught by the Holy Ghost? This is what John was talking about when he says you have no need that any man teach you. He said because the Holy Ghost is the greatest teacher of all. For the fact that he not only searches the heart, but he also searches the things of God. So there's a balance in the Holy Ghost. This is why Jesus came in the flesh. He came to feel the infirmity that we have and then also to impart to us the holiness of God so that he knows what it's like to be a man and then as a man knows what it's like to go through struggles and experience and think that he's separated from God. So he brings these things and he searches our hearts then he searches the, the word of God and he's able to apply certain things to our lives according to what he knows from both sides. Nobody on this earth knows both sides but Jesus. We can't answer some stuff. We have things in the word of God, but some, like I said, there's hidden matters sometimes where you got to dig deep, get on your face and wait for God. And then allow your faith to outlast his silence. All right, so comparing spiritual things with spiritual, but the natural man receiving not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are what? Spiritual. Tap into your discernment. Now, you know, the voice of God is a small, still voice. You got in, to in, get in a quiet place. I, I love doing... My dear sister, she came. She, she got in her little corner over here last night. She said, I got to get away. Sister Shantese told me that when God touched her, she, and, and as, as up in the praise as this place went, she said she didn't hear not one of us. It was the secret place. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. She was in the shadow and we've heard people in the natural sense say this we've heard people that run track they put themselves in a zone all they see is their lane we need to stay in our lane in the church we need to stay in our lane I've heard more folk with marriage problems give marital advice in the church you said what? When they just got through fighting in the parking lot. You see them come in in the back door and one goes that way and the other goes that way. But when we focus and we let God deal with them and God can deal with them over there and let God deal with us and whoever he puts in that path. Sometimes we get sidetracked and we go over here. (laughs) Paul went through that. He said, I have a zeal to go, but the Lord forbade me. He put Agabus in my way and said, no, there's trouble waiting for you there. So we have to listen to the voice of God. All right? He judges all things. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Who are we to tell God what we have need of? Because remember now, (laughs) the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. So sometimes we ask things and our mind is all messed up. This is another reason why it's good to pray in the spirit because the, then the Holy Ghost can pray. And he's going to pray for stuff that you would have never prayed for because you've been hiding it in your heart. But we have the mind of who? Christ. Not not just Jesus in the flesh. That's not the Christ he's really talking He's talking about the spirit that was in Christ. The spirit that was governed by the love of God. For God so loved the world. And this is what Christ is. And we are supposed to be the Christ of God. The Bible calls the church the Christ of God. We are the anointed people on this earth. And when we don't walk in our anointing. We can't prove our love to God. If we love him, we will keep his commandments. Amen. That's all I have to say for today. (laughs) Amen. Because after last night, I'm not going to try to outdo that.